One of the challenges that faces both philosophy and the education of philosophy is the choice to either be practicing the subject material, to be engaging in a philosophical conversation, or merely talking about the history of philosophy. And a good example of where this takes place would be in with the subject of dualism. One could try to create or recreate the ideas, the arguments that are involved in a dualistic worldview by tracking out how they've existed throughout history or how they've been argued and perhaps even refuted through history. But that is a different thing entirely than engaging with the subject. In a more practical sense, there is a difference between telling about how cars and vehicles came to pass and being an engineer building a new car. So we're going to address that when in today's subject, which is dualism. <clears throat> if you are listening to this show for the first time or recently, the Redacted Culture Cast is both a podcast and a daily show that... Uh, that kind of treads the line between gun culture and philosophy where we address not only the things that we believe to be right and true and good, but how they have an influence in contemporary society and some of the moral questions that we will have to deal with in our lives. So it's less of a, less, uh, things have changed here a bit recently, but it's less of a focus on newsy subjects and more of a focus on how we think about things. Now, dualism, ultimately, dualism is a, kind of, it, it can be referred to as two different things, but dualism in more of a classical philosophy sense is this idea that the mind and the physical world are two very different things. They are two distinct things. You could say that they might even be an ontological difference, but we'll get, uh, but that's for another time. Dualism in a simple sense, is the idea that there is some part of you that is your body, and then there is another part of you that is your mind or your soul, and those two parts together make up who you are. And you can't, uh, and, and while we, we experience so much of the physical world in this life through our body, there is also the part that is the mind. And Rene Descartes, D-E-S-C-A-R-T-E-S, Rene Descartes is given, is accredited much of the, uh, is accredited with much of the sort of very classical arguments on how this idea comes to pass. But it, not, only does Rene De, not only does Rene Descartes talk about it himself, so does Plato in a sense. So you've got, uh, and if you wanted to get even more detailed and more granular, there is a difference between dualism and platonism but that is going to have we'll probably have to do that on the subject on platonism so dualism is this theory this idea that the mind and the body are separate things this is where you get rene descartes in his meditations on first philosophy saying i think therefore i am uh here's another version of or here's another way of quoting him uh let's see <clears throat> there too is no doubt that i exist that's actually i should go back a sentence earlier but there is something but there is some but there is some deceiver or other who is supremely powerful and supremely sly and who is always deliberately deceiving me then too there is no doubt that i exist if he is deceiving me the idea that rene descartes was suggesting in his meditations on first philosophy would be later uh turned into something like the matrix 
and th- it's this idea of he knows his senses are not one are not absolutely trustworthy and if he were to find uh, how does he know that he even exists he knows his body exists cuz he feels it but feelings can be manipulated so what is even more core to existence than feeling existence dualism identifies this or divides life and mankind particularly mankind into two separate components, the mind and the body. But it also can extend even further, perhaps, both towards heaven and hell by looking at the world in this very dualistic, uh, by holding a very dualistic worldview about both good and evil, morality and so forth, which is where Plato comes in. So the philosophy of Rene Descartes, when he's talking about dualism, is addressing more of the difference between a mind and a body more of a difference between there is something to what makes him who he is by his ability to think, and there is something that separates that from his ability to feel or his ability to have experiences, his ability to touch, taste, and know. And then there's another question in epistemology that goes on to memory, but we'll leave that again for another time. The dualism that is oftentimes attributed to somebody more like Plato uh, has this separation where the mind is the good and the body is the evil. That is a hypersimplification. But in much of Platonism, there is we are we are ideas, we are minds stuck in bodies, and being stuck in a body is part of what you would consider evil. And that it's some some form of freeing ideas to or freeing the core of thought. I guess you could go even a little bit further. Uh, is achieved, it's, it's pursued by uh, understanding the forms and pursuing the forms, and, and this is Plate, Plato. But there, there gets to become a, an in, a kind of an important cost of what this, these ideas produce in people, and that dualism can oftentimes look like Zoroastrianism as well, and that is something like there uh the the universe is in ter- eternal conflict between an al- a supremely good being and a supremely evil being and those two things are in conflict with another but that runs afoul has a difficulty with even some of what the euthyphro dilemma deals with and if a supremely powerful being has authority over that which is good then it's just anything that opposes him is 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 functionally evil so Dualism is a useful world uh, or is a useful tool when understanding both what it is that constitutes man but how we think about the universe and how do we think about violence and right and wrong and good and evil. A very uh, you know the idea of good and evil is oftentimes portrayed in the west through the lens of this sort of neoplatonistic view. It's either something like the world is corrupt, but there is something holy, and this is where you get elements of Gnosticism, even that is present in uh, sort of the utopian dreams of communism and socialism, and in our contemporary time, sort of the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, environment. But that dualism, um, uh, that dualism in that sense, tends to be the the tends to kind of divulge into utopianism or this uh, this dualistic worldview where uh, we would be perfect beings if it wasn't for the chains that bind us. And so since we are capable of throwing off those chains, we ought to, or we ought to. 
but so so there so like the relevance of dualism has existed for a long time and even if we were to move away from something like uh the dualism of Descartes and look at a dualistic approach to something like good and evil and morality we run into a certain problem let's just take the idea of god and the devil if god and the devil are equals in power but in opposition eternal conflict in the world uh, then all of history will be a continued conflict between the forces of good and the forces of evil, which certainly seems to be true when we read so much literature and we look at maybe the ideas that in the the world that we live in, we exist in, uh, in a battle between, like, we can ascribe things as the good and the evil and, and, and just kind of fight it out that way. And where it goes a little foul is because it sort of diminishes whatever it is that is the God or God of, a, of our, our universe to just one half of the equation. Whereas what we have come to find, or what not we've come to find, but whereas an alternative worldview, which is perhaps even older and more classic, classic not being the right word, is that all of that which is humanity or all that which is evil in the world is the result of a separation from the source of the good. And so this idea of a Satan or a evil version of God, an evil antithesis to God as his equal and opposite force uh, is, is, is one worldview, whereas the worldview that it's not an equal and opposite force, but a diminished version of something that chose to betray him or, or deny God, um, leaves room for maybe salvation. And it's not even a works-based salvation, but it includes both the mind and the body. One of the problems with a purely, one of the challenges that you kind of fun run into between these two different arguments or these two different versions of dualism is that on the one hand, one acknowledges that there is a mind and a body that must be forced, and this is the Rene Descartes time, or not, not must be forced, but there is a mind and a body that must be included in the equation, whereas the other one, this sort of polaristic good and evil purity argument, um, leaves a lot of room for... Uh, how do you say it in any better ways? It, it it sort of leaves the idea of that which defines the good to be questioned. If there is some status where there is a uh, there is a good godlike creature and an evil godlike creature that are in conflict with one another, and that conflict is matched, they are bound. To, are they then not bound to some rules of that which is good and that which is evil, or that which we understand to be good and that which we understand to be evil? And then whatever controls that thing binds those two. And well, then whatever controls that the Whatever controls the binding sep or the, the the line of discretion between that which is good and evil would actually be God. And so these two beings that we're talking about are not God at all. They're not even, the good one isn't even God. It is just one half of the equation. And so it wouldn't even be a solvent worldview at that point. So moving forward, there's some application that this applies to so many of us. And, that, and, and, and it also ha goes to say with how we understand it can actually have an impact on how we understand something that comes from the book of James. The book of James in the New Testament uh, was a frustrating book for people like Martin Luther because it involves actions, whereas this is where we get sola scriptura and, and by faith alone in the distinction between the reformed, well, Luther's reform, reformation against the Catholic Church that it was we are, we are saved by grace, not by deeds. And and if we understand that a person is both a mind and a body, then we can recognize that 
our just as much as our body is of like is is um part of the equation and has its own functions if we see if we combine the moral side of dual the the moralistic side of dualism this like eternal conflict between good and evil in a platonic a, platoni- a platonistic sense to the more uh descriptive sense of rene descartes what we end up with is again this equation where the body is evil but the mind is good and it doesn't acknowledge that people think very evil things very regularly and it doesn't give account for things like plotting and planning begin in the mind and what you fill your mind with your body will also follow but it also follows to make the argument of what it also it also follows that how we think about this phrase um faith without works is dead recognizes that if we are going to actually live in this position if we're going to claim and understand that we have both a mind and a, and, a, and a body, that we can't just have one and not the other. We cannot exist in a world where we just think good thoughts and produce good outcomes. Or, we, I'm sorry, we, it's, we cannot claim morality for merely thinking good things. We must also participate in doing them. And this is a challenge, a challenge especially in our contemporary world where so much of our lives exist on the internet and exist in ideas and you see this even reflected in social media where it's less important about saying that which is true but providing an effective comment or something right you even the craziest version of it is you've got some tragedy going on and and people are more interested in filming it and getting their sound bite than they are um, solving the error so faith without works is dead is uh, or so when why I'm referring to these kind of things in even our own context of within gun culture or within America or within the concept of violence is that there is a moral side to how we think about things and there's a moral judgment made against the mind but there's also a moral judgment that is made against the actions in the body and so perhaps this is where that you can draw one of the most important lines between government and people in that the government does not have a does not the 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 government because it is not god it does not get to let's just say make judgments about the minds of people and have control over that but it does have some semblance of authority over their actions so i can think evil thoughts without punishment from the government because no man knows the heart of another but i cannot but i can be punished and i should be punished for evil actions this is even where a lot of our governmental structure starts to come out of, and we recognize very quickly that thousands of years of writing in history have produced the time that we are in now, and so to so brashly assume that we can erase all of that and start anew uh, might be a little bit beyond moderately arrogant. So in, conti- in closing and in to wrap up the second one on dualism, We've talked a little bit about how there are different ways that the word dualism is applied, but one of them is particularly in the account of Rene Descartes, where he talks about there being a difference between his mind and his body, and this is where we get, I think, therefore I am, because he recognizes that even if every element of his human perception from his touch, his taste, his smell, his senses, is actually just a brain in a pod, like the Matrix, or if he's being tricked, fooled by a trickster demon, in his sense, he still recognizes that he exists because he's thinking. He is able to think. And so there is some part of his existence that is separate from just experience. 
that version that 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 component of dualism or that that timeline that speaking way of speaking of dualism may have some correlation to but needs to not become too mixed up with what might be considered a platonistic dualism which is that there's not only a difference between the mind and the body but the mind is necessarily good and the and the body is necessarily evil and there's a conflict between the two and then we get zoroastrianism which is a orientation of the world that uh, um, all of all of the history of existence is a cosmic battle between the uh, the perfectly good thing and the perfectly evil thing, and those two things are are two parts of the same whole, or they're in conflict with one another. That being the case, it recognizes that th this is one way of coming to a conclusion that what we do and what we think are both things that we may be morally evaluated on. If not, even though we are judged by men. For our actions, we are judged by whatever it is that we consider God for what we think about and what we believe. Tough, but true. Or tough, but true in this argument. So, that being the case, not only are we bound to consider, especially when we are capable of violence, what we think about when we think about violence in itself and, and how we concern ourselves with our morality, but also what we do about it. It's not enough to have all the right intentions but do nothing, and nor is it right or sufficient to have all the capability but, but to spend your days fantasizing about committing harm to others. And this is not to be a specific dig at what I think the caricature of gun culture is, but rather I think gun culture itself is quite aware of this. We do not find it humorous all the time. In fact, there's that razor-thin line where th people go too far with it, where we un we make jokes about stuff that's going on, and so this isn't not this isn't even like a purity culture con question. It's simply that we recognize in this immediate world that there are consequences for not only how we think, but how we act. And so with that. And with that, let's move on into closing. You can support the channel. You can, If you want to support the channel at all, you can share this with your friends. You can keep this going around. I really do appreciate it. We're trying to grow. Um, in order to keep this ship running, we're going to continue to look at, or we're going to continue to add value to your lives. If you want to support the channel, you can head over to redactedculture.locals.com or you can head over to redactedllc.com and that's where our pre-orders and our, and our stickers and our you know, those things that keep the house running. Oddly enough, it's really good to see it get out the door. So uh, we will talk to you soon and go forth and conquer.